if there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the realities that unify us are already there. Christ praying for unity. What should we all be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys and in, uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, here with your other co-host, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Howdy. Good morning. Yeah. And uh, also with special guest, Pastor Tim Register, who is the pastor of the Church of God of Prophecy at uh, West Pelsler. Am I am I, get, am I saying that correctly, Pastor Tim? Yes, West Pelsler. Awesome, awesome. And we're going to talk to him some about his church, some about the challenges of shepherding a smaller church like that. And, um, you know, just cover our basic unity stuff that we like to cover. But before we do, got a couple things we like to do first. Uh, one is we like to review what our audience has been up to on our social media and stuff like that. and um, this Friday, we asked them if you had to pick three scents that you would smell forever. You always would be smelling one of these three, and you can't smell anything else. Which three would you pick? Um, we had so many great answers, but I, I can only share a few. So first, I want to share our um, longest standing patron, Russell Gentry, said he would pick any three scents that are not mint because he just <laughs> hates the smell of mint. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we had a whole conversation about mint toothpaste and everything. Just very interesting to me. Um, next, I, I want to share this kind of like a double one. So uh, Father Jonathan, been on the podcast a couple of times, said he would pick rot, smoke, and natural gas so that he could always be aware of danger when it was present. Sure. Which, wow. As someone who lost their scent for a while and had to turn on gas at a restaurant, <laughs> I, I understand his his point of view on that i remember that that's yeah. actually pretty funny yeah because one um, day one day it was definitely <laughs> leaking and everyone could tell except for josh yeah, yeah everybody came in like an hour after me they're like josh are you dying in here and i was like i don't know am i <laughs> oh man so uh to add on to that niles was like i would have said he would choose a cat carbon monoxide hydrogen sulfide and solvents because danger and also if he's going to lose the rest of his sense he might as well gain some he's never smelled <laughs> yeah, you know why not and then uh the number one answer was obviously my granny frida pew who said bacon bacon and bacon and wow. that's just the correct answer so you know yeah it, it's pretty much what i almost said i like bacon yeah ba- bacon's good um so with that out of the way we're going to get into this week's Silly question. And Pastor Tim, me and TJ will answer first. Okay. Get a little bit of time to think about it. Uh, this week's question is, if the Ninja Turtles had to be recast as any other animal, which animal would you choose them to be cast as? TJ, do you want to go first? I can. Uh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think the right answer here is a shark. Sharks, uh, mostly because it was already a series, uh, Street Sharks. I remember that. But, I mean, they were pretty cool. 
just yeah. anthropomorphic sharks, sharks cool. beating up dudes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 See, this one was hard for me because turtles are my favorite animal. So it's hard for me to pick an animal that's not turtles. But uh, I, I am going to go with uh, platypi. Simply because, you know, in my head, it would just basically be a show of four different Perry the platypus. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sounds great to me. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Pastor Tim, if you had to recast the Ninja Turtles as any other animal, which animal would you choose? Well, I would think um, either... Um, a badger, because they're pretty. The honey badger, man, it is off the chain. Yeah, this just become um, an R-rated TV show right now. Yeah, and they're uh, violent. It, either that or uh, or the Tasmanian devils. So, Ooh. Um, you know, I just think that they would fit uh, a, a ninja style better. Yeah, yeah, I can see Tasmanian devil. That that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yes. All right, someone needs to get get to work on that show. <laughs> yeah, have you guys uh, have you guys ever seen a Tasmanian tiger? I sure have. Yes, and they, they are awesome. I had yeah. no idea that was a thing. Yeah, well, they went to extinct uh, right a good while ago in the early 1900s, I think. But they kind of look like uh, when you see old pictures of them, uh, kind of like a cross between a cat and a dog, but, but they are yeah. definitely more tiger than anything. Yeah, and with a long mouth. Yeah, long snout. Yeah. yeah, sounds scary. Oh yeah, yeah. They're but cool. uh, let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, Pastor Tim, you've been in several forms of ministry in your career. Uh, do you have a favorite time in ministry uh, with all you've done? Well, uh, you know, one of my pastor friends told me, um, and when she told me this, it really resonated with me that we learn as we go, and. Um, I think a lot of times uh, people want to have it all together and they want to, you know, have everything, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted and then get into ministry. And, you know, that's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I've definitely, you know, studied to show yourself approved, but I think the way I was raised and, and the church I was raised in, more so it was... You know, you kind of learned underneath who you were mentored by. So I have some great mentor pastors as I was growing up. Uh, I'm from Florida, by the way. So uh, these are Florida uh, people. And um, but um, I would say that I enjoyed my youth pastoring uh, a whole lot. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we just just spending time with kids. Um, you know, that's a. That's a very, very uh, wonderful way to to be able for a child to grow up and see someone else that's older than them following Christ and leading them to the next level. So, but you know, now that I'm in pastoral work, um, I enjoy that too. Uh, very challenging, but um, so yeah, um, I, I basically I I learned as I as I went from others. So. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Mm. And I know you, you mentioned being a pastor now, and uh, we, we mentioned earlier, uh, you were with the Church of God of Prophecy. It was a Pentecostal church. Um, we're all members of that. Yes. Sorry. Um, but uh, you're at a somewhat smaller church, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, 
What would you say some of the specific challenges of shepherding a smaller church have been? Well, um, I would say, first of all, when the Lord puts you somewhere, you have no idea what you're going to encounter, what you're going to come across. Um, you know, I had done youth pastor work and, and doing that uh, in different states. Um, I would do an occasional funeral. I would assist. and um, But when I got to Pelzer, um, it was like I learned everything. Like all of a sudden, boom, it just came down upon me. And uh, the first month I was there, uh, first four months I was there, but between probably about six months, uh, I was doing two funerals. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I think I realized that I'm not in Kansas anymore, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I realized that the Lord, uh, you know, he's so faithful um, when you're trying to do the best job you can. I mean, to me, to them, I am their grandson because uh, they are all, most of them all older folks. I do have a few that are younger. Uh, and when I say younger, like in their fifties, um, I think there was one, two couples in their thirties. And, uh, so the challenge is, is, you know, you have an older congregation, but when the Lord puts you somewhere, it's almost like, you, you know, you don't know if you're ready for it. You don't know if you're prepared, but you just kind of, as it comes, you have to say, Lord, give me grace to know what to do. Um, I have a great, I mean, I love the people at our church, um, you know, wonderful. And, uh, one of the old men, when I got there, uh, he has gone on to be with the Lord. He looked at me and he said, well, Brother Tim, do you think you're going to like us? And I said, <laughs> well, I don't know you. Uh, you know, <laughs> I said, I don't know. I said, but I, I want to like everybody as I as I start out. And uh, so the challenge is you're not around people your own age. You know what I'm saying? And um and coming from College Park, um, you know, I came from College Park. I was a youth pastor there for two and a half years and associate pastor. And, um, you know, it was coming from, uh, I was under uh, Pastor Jeff White, which is a real good friend of mine. Him and I live right down the road from each other. And um, and so, oh, yeah, uh, him and I, he's just a super uh, great mentor, great, great guy. And uh, he's helped me out a lot of times. But um but being under him, you know, I go from College Park to here. And then I, I, I felt like I was at my own home church in Pensacola. And then I realized, OK, Lord, you know, you've put me here for such a time as this. And you know what? I've learned a whole lot. I have learned a whole lot. And uh, so the challenges are, you know, when something breaks down, who do they call? They don't call Ghostbusters. They call me. <laughs> and. Um, and I do have some people that I can lean on, but if the grass needs to be cut and it's not cut, who who cuts it? Me. Uh, and I'm speaking for thousands of small pastors. They know. I mean, I am a I'm the new kid on the block, uh, based on some of these wonderful men of God who have uh, dedicated their life to the small church. And you know what? They're important. The small church is important because a lot of people don't get out of college. I'll get out of seminary and say, I want to go to a church of 14 people. 
<laughs> I want to start yeah. that. No. And so, but you know what? If the Lord leads you to that church, then there are blessings there and there is, um, there is a love and a community that, you know, if you're the one supposed to be there and you're not there, then they're not going to, to take off. They're not going to survive. They're not going to uh, thrive. And um, what some would call success, others would say, well, I don't know about that. But you can't judge success based on another church's growth. Uh, many a time I have scratched my head and said, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? Because based on everybody's um, viewpoint, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this and this is supposed to be happening. And so um, the challenges are that, you know, you don't you don't see explosive growth. Um, you know, you've done everything. I've knocked on doors all around that community. But you know what? I've come to understand that if God puts you there, he called you there. And the Lord is faithful. And if you're faithful with a little, he'll make you a leader over many. And I have actually prayed, Lord, I don't know if I'm ready to go to another church with a lot of, you know, there's some great pastors that can lead it. And so I'm just saying, Lord, I'm just where you want me to be, you know. But I will say this. They already know who I am. They, they know my personality. They know my uh, humor side. Uh, you know, I may be preaching and talk about Star Trek in the middle of the sermon and, and they're used to it now. But at first they'd be like, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> but you know what? I will say this. You have to be yourself. You cannot go somewhere and try to model your, your, um, your, uh, um, example and, and your example's great, but you gotta be yourself and you can't take inspiration from somebody else. It has to be your own inspiration, or it's not going to work. Amen. Right. Uh, so, uh, you said you're from Koga Pelzer. Uh, you yep. came from College Park, which is now one of our bigger churches. Yes. Uh, so, in, in what ways could churches of various sizes uh, better help one another as one body? Well, you know, there are a lot of district things that go on, and and, uh, and those are great. Um, I think the challenge of a pastor of any church, his calling is to that church. It's not to the church down the road. It's not to, and so you got to be, there's a fine line. You got to be careful because it can be misunderstood as, well, you don't care about us. Well, you know, I'm not caring about the Baptist church down the road as much as I am my church. That doesn't mean I don't love them, but I think how we love one another and help one another is we got to make sure our churches are healthy because our church is right on the main street, on the main corner. Everybody knows our church. <coughs> and um, I was doing a fall festival thing one time, went way down Highway 8, uh, almost to the interstate, and stopped at this farmer's market. And you think that people don't know who you are, okay? You think, um, and I, I, that's what I thought. I mean, I was, but when I went in there and told them, I, I pastor this church down the road. It's a small church in Pelzer. And they said, oh, we know who you are. And I said, oh, you do? They said, oh, yeah, we know. We, people talk. We know, we know who you are. You guys are great. 
I was shocked. I was like, whoa, you know, so I think in your community, when you're loving people, you're you're making sure your church is healthy. There's nothing wrong with going to another church and, and supporting what they do. That That's what we're supposed to do. But I, I don't think God expects us to put greater effort into another church when our own church is suffering. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't support them. I'm just saying, what can we do to help the other church? Well, the other, if the other church is greater and the smaller church is hurting, then the other church can reach out to that church, and that's wonderful. However, um, you know, as a pastor, you got to make sure your own church is is functioning well. So, you know, what I'm trying to say in a nutshell, you can't reach out greater to the other church than you're, and then you're not doing anything at your church. You've got to make sure that your church is healthy. And when I say healthy, I mean, you know, the gospel's being preached, the people are being taken care of, um, you know, the pastor and the team are checking on their people, you know. Um, and uh, and as far as, you know, what individual churches do to grow up for growth, you know, that's the vision of that pastor. And so, you know, it's wonderful. Go and support it. But, you know, it may not work at your church. Your church may have a total different congregation, you know. And one of the ladies, bless her heart, I never forget. Her name was uh, Rachel Magaha, one of the greatest. Uh, her and her husband pastored that church years ago before I came. And she looked at me one day and she said, Brother Tim, what can you do with us old folks? And I said, I know you're right. She said, we're old. She said, we can't do too much, but we can pray. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to know who your congregation is. You got to love them for where they're at. Uh, you can't expect them to be somebody else. And the church down the road is doing all this ministry. They're they're outreaching. That's wonderful. But you got to make sure that your people are, are taken care of. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is you got to prioritize your church's own health. Yeah. Yeah. Before, I mean, yeah. It, exactly. Um, I mean, listen, when I get it, I'm a bus driver, too. So I drive a school bus uh, because I have to have insurance. Everybody needs insurance. And uh, but uh, while I'm I drive during the week and then I pastor on the weekend and during the week, I make phone calls and I make trips. And um, so whatever you have to do, whatever the Lord has opened the door, you know, some some pastors, you know, they they are just full time pastors. And that's, that's wonderful. Um, and they could spend more time, but, but, you know, you got to see what, what your church is doing and, and how you can function and what you're supposed to do for your church. So, so what would you say to people who might make the argument that it's all supposed to just be one church, right? You mean like, uh, everybody like forget about the name and just come under one church. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I would have to imagine a lot of people would think, you know, we're talking about making sure your church is healthy first. I mean, they would think that, well, we're all just one church. Why not make sure we're all healthy? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, but, you know, denominations, I think, was more of man's preference than than anything. I mean, you look at the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, and every one of them 
had had their strengths and weaknesses. Every one of them were different. Uh, you know, and you can go into that argument that that's where we got denominations or at the Tower of Babel and all the language was confused. Everybody is 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 who they are, but everybody can be a little bit different. Um, ultimately, if we're serving the same Christ, the same God, then yeah, we are one big church. However, the camp that you grew up in may not be the camp I grew up in, and they may look at things differently. They may their doctrine may be just a little different um, than your doctrine. But but if they're serving the same God and they're serving Jesus Christ and they've been saved by his blood, then, yeah, we are one big church. And so I guess what you're saying to me is, you know, why not? Why can't we all come together and, and, and work, help, help each other out? I, I totally agree. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, one man can only take care of so many things. And then you have to kind of as a church does delegate things out and sometimes now here's here's another challenge sometimes in a small church there are no one to delegate there is no delegation you are the delegation you know so the small church you have members that are that can't get out and, and they're older and so what do you do you you do the best you know how and you ask god to help you and um you know you you say well this church is doing this this and this and if your motive for helping the church is to outdo that church, well, we're going to outdo them. Mm. Then you know you're you're really kind of. And I'm not saying that that's what we're talking about, but I'm saying some people uh, they're climbing the spiritual ladder, so to say, so they can go to the next stepping stone and get to the bigger church and yada yada yada. Um, and I'm not saying all of them are doing it, but a few maybe want to use, you know, their position to go up the higher, higher, higher. Um, and of course, around the world, it's true. But, you know, uh, you got to you got to love the people and um, love. Uh, love who they are as you are their shepherd. And so uh, and it comes back down to prioritizing your individual. Of course, we are one big church. But the camp you grew up in is not the camp that this guy over here grew up in. So does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, a cord of three strands is not easily broken, but when exactly. one of those cords is weak, you know, it, it gets a little easier to break basically. Sure. So you want every strand to be as strong as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Like the old saying, uh, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Mm -hmm. And, um, and sometimes, you know, it's horrible to realize, am I the weakest link? You know, <laughs> that show on TV, the weakest link, you know, wow. Um, am I the weakest link? And, and, you know, I know that the enemy would really try to come. And here's another challenge of, of being a pastor at a small church and maybe a pastor at a big church is that, um, the enemy will come to you and, 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 and try to discourage what, what, you know, what you're going through already and, and saying, well, you know, you're not doing anything great here. You know, I mean, you've been here for a while and, you know, what are you doing? And you're not growing like that church down the road. And if you're not careful, if you don't stay in the word, um, and I'm preaching to myself, 
you can discourage yourself right out of ministry because it's not uh, it's not um, acting like the church down the road. But you know, you look at Elijah when he will look at, at you know when he was at the brook Cherith and he was running for his life and he was you know he was so discouraged after he killed the prophets of Baal and he was there and the Lord provided for him. Sometimes we're at a we're at a low place and, and we're saying, Am I the weakest link? You know, the enemy will come and blow that up and maybe, you know, maybe make you feel that you are. But, you know, if you're always looking to the Lord, I mean, let's face it, we, we can't do it in ourselves. If God is not with me, like like Moses said, I'm not gonna go in unless you go with me. Many a times that I've gone to church and driven down the road and I said, Lord, you know, what am I doing? And, and, you know, this is a question that everybody has asked themselves. I'm just voicing it right now. Um, you know, what, what am I doing? Am, am I where I need to be? What, what am I doing? And um, and you evaluate yourself. And you evaluate. And, the, and if you're not careful, you can let the enemy uh, totally just make you feel like a dog, a dirty dog. But mm. And I don't mean to get preachy, but I just want to say, but think about that. If the enemy is trying to discourage you, the opposite is true. Whatever he's telling you, the opposite is true. Well, you're not doing a good job, and, and this, you know, this is horrible, and people aren't listening. Well, guess what? I might say, well, I'm doing a good job, and people are listening, and the Lord's got me where he wants me. So, you know, I have to encourage myself like David did, uh, and, and, you know, uh, at Ziklag when they came and got all the women and the children and took them off and the Lord said and God David said should I should I pursue Lord and God said pursue go and get them and bring them back so and the men in that camp were putting David down and discouraging sometimes you know God help us but as a church are we all praying for one another are we all lifting each other up inside of the church because you know, if we're not together inside, how can we grow the outside? How can we grow people? You know, that's one thing. Uh, we have to love one another. We have to deal with issues as they come up. But we have to make sure. And one thing, let me just say this. Now, you guys are the, this is your show, so tell me to shut up. <laughs> but I'm just trying to, you know, say, tell you. I, when people come into our church, and look, I'm a man, okay? I'm a man like anybody else. and I, I, I preach the gospel. I make mistakes. You know, I have issues, and but but you know, and there's times where you get discouraged. But when people come into our church, this is what they say: they say, you know, I feel a genuine love in this church. I feel that when we come, there's no hype. Um, it's just when we come in, we worship the Lord. And in other words, it makes me feel like, okay, God, we're doing, you know, we're, we're here to worship you. We're here to, to, uh, bless your name. And so what I hear is we may be small, but the strength of the people and the strength of the Lord and the blessings of God are strong in that church. And, uh, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta weed through all of that and make sure, okay, Lord, um, you know, we're, we're at a small place, but but we are doing what we are called to do, which is worship the Lord, preach the gospel to the sheep, um, and make sure they're eating. 
eating their meal, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we just wanted to take the time to thank all of our listeners and to let you know all the ways you can help us keep the show going. Hey TJ, that's not going to take too long. Okay, uh, can you tell them all the ways they can support us in 10 seconds or less? Uh, I can try. All right, uh, follow us on social media, any social media. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Every dollar counts. And you join our newsletter by emailing us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. And they wouldn't have to hear this break at all if they simply joined our Patreon, like you said, at patreon.com forward slash thewholechurchpodcast. That probably wasn't 10 seconds, was it? Probably not. I don't know. Should, should we get back to the show? Yes. All right. Uh, so you've talked about love. We've talked about unity. Uh, do you have a favorite Bible verse about love or unity uh, that you could share with us today? Well, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, I have a favorite verse. Uh, yeah, I do, but verse six. Um, <laughs> I love Isaiah chapter 40. And um, just just how the Lord how Isaiah speaks. Um, of course, a lot of people, you know, go to a familiar scripture, but as I was continuing reading this, even today, I'm just blown away at, at, you know, when you, when you move away from a source, then you get depleted. Um, and so this, this scripture right here, uh, Basically, it's about people being comforted, people coming to the Lord and the greatness of God, um, you know, uh, and just the, the whole chapter. I mean, I don't want to read the whole chapter, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, the scripture, um, to whom then will you liken me? Verse 25, or shall I be equal, says the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high. And behold, who has created these these things that bring out their host by number? He calls them all by names, the greatness by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, and not one fails. If the Lord is in control of all the stars of the heavens, then surely he knows what we're going through. You know, he says, "Have you not known? Have you not heard?" That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint. He's not weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them who have no might, he increases strength. And he says, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so I think as a small pastor, we uh, a lot of times, uh, even as a, a pastor of a big church, we we try to do things on our own, and we're going so much. And I couldn't imagine a, a, a full time, you know, pastor that has a full time schedule, and we're so busy. We got to go do this and this and this, and, and we're guilty that we don't stop and realize our strength doesn't come from from anything but God, um, you know. Uh, he gives power to the faint. So he's talking about us when we've run out of gas. I mean, how many ministers have preached and done things and, and 
But when it's all said and done, they go home and they're out of gas. And so you just have to make sure you stay around the fire, the source, stay around the, 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 the embers of God's love so that when you are depleted, you know, you can wait upon the Lord and, and it kind of sounds like a, a cheap answer or, or I don't know, maybe not kind of sounds like a, but it's actually from my heart. Um, because our strength comes from the Lord. The, the joy of the Lord is our strength that, you know, Nehemiah talks about. And I actually preached a sermon a few uh, weeks ago. And I said, you know, I just became a grandfather. And I'm so happy about that. Um, I don't even feel old enough to be a grandfather. <laughs> but, uh, but this little boy, his name is Olson Hayes. And he's six months, six months old. And, um, and the feelings that I have about him, I love my children, I love my family, I love my wife. But when I look at him, I have uh, a different kind of a a love that that I want to protect him, I want to shield him, I want to help him. And uh, and so I think that's the way that God sees us is that we get we get on our our horse. And, and we ride and ride and ride and ride. And we're doing great things and, you know, and people look at us and, and, you know, we want to be revered and, but, you know, we're just, we're a soldier underneath this armor that is cracked, that's hurting. Um, and, and if you don't get, go, don't go by the fuel station and get some fuel. You'll just find yourself going through the motions. And I've done that, you know. Going to church, you feel like a zombie. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But your joy, the joy of the Lord, is not in there no more. And it's because you have gone through the motions and done everything, and you haven't really, you know. Here's the thing. I mean, can I say this? I mean, um, yeah, say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Um, we don't like it. We just edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know how many people are listening, but as I've pastored a small church and I've been with listen I've been with people I mean let me tell you they are amazing and um, their their ability to communicate um, you know I just I'm blown away but like I said at the beginning I, I gotta be me and so but as I've pastored a smaller church I realize it's okay to have flaws uh, I, I mean I'm saying not it's not okay to uh, you know, please understand, I'm saying you have flaws and the Lord is there to fix those flaws. But I'm saying uh, it's OK to to say, I don't know. You know, yeah. I, I'm a little, you know, I kind of shy away. From somebody who who has all the answers, um, not that I don't think they're good, but I don't know anybody who has all the answers. I don't know anybody who, who you know, if I can't see some human humanness in them, um, and that I can relate to. Okay, well, you know, they're a minister, but you know, they they have armor, and inside they they hurt sometimes too. It's okay. You got to identify with people. You know what I'm saying? And you got to realize, okay, he's human too. Wow. But so many people, you know, they they want to put on their their outfits. And, Go to preach and, and look, God's calling and that's what they're doing. But, you know, it seems like that it's almost 
like they're too good to be true. And you know what we've heard all our life? My father said, if it's too good to be true, <laughs> then it is. If it's yeah. too good to be true. So what I'm saying is I'm, I'm human and, and I have human flaws and, and um, I love the Lord. But how could God, another scripture, you know, what is man that thou art mindful of him? That, that's another scripture that, that I, I love and from Psalms. And um, what, you know, what is man that, you know, how, why would God want to use me? Um, you know, why would God want to use me um, when, when he could use so many more people? Um, but, you know, I think the Lord, what is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man, you have visited him. Um, I think the Lord is saying, I, I love you and, and I believe in you and I'm going to, I'm going to make you my servant. I'm going to make you my minister. Are there going to be some bad times? Of course. Are there going to be some times where you fail? Of course. But those are times that, you know, uh, you're under the shadow of the wings of the, of the Lord and, and he encourages you. He lifts you back up. And, you know, I think one of the worst things that can happen is when a minister falls or, when I say fall, you know, they get out of the ministry or something happens is for them to to be ridiculed and blamed. And you know what? None of us want to be kicked under the bus, so to say. None of us want, you know, we what are we about? We're about love. And yet correction will come. Let God bring correction. But we need to show more love than we do when somebody acts like they've got it all together. I don't know about y'all, but I don't have it all together. <laughs> no, um, not at all. Not I'm at all. a human, and I make human mistakes, and I say, God, please be with me today. Protect me. Uh, forgive me, Lord, my my sins, my iniquities. Uh, Lord, um, forgive me, uh, God, for me. You know, I just want to make sure that I'm okay with God. But at the same time, I don't want to act like when I get up to the pulpit that I have, I have, I'm just, Holier than thou, I'm just so close to God. Yeah. You know, I think our humanity brings us to a reality that without Christ, I am nothing. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a... I've been married for 31 years. Got married in uh, August of 26, 1989. I was a kid. Uh, 32 years this month it'll be, and I got two <laughs> daughters, Kaylee, who's 26. Will be 27 in December, and Hadley's 19. Will be 20 in September, and I have a grandson. And it's hard for me to believe that my children are that old. And um, of course, I went to uh, Thomason College back in 88, 89. I met my wife there, um, and and then we went. Our, our journey was beginning. We were youth pastors in Jacksonville, Florida, and um, went, went to my hometown in Pensacola. Was there for a little while. Went to Cleveland, Tennessee, there for a little bit. Went to Kentucky, uh, there for a while, and then North Carolina. And now we've been in South Carolina for 14 years. So college, I came here to come to College Park. And uh, and then the rest is history. God just linked me up with so many wonderful people. Um, you know, uh, left at College Park in 2009. I was there for two years and seven months. And then I was appointed at Pelzer uh, by Pastor uh, by uh, the overseer at the time, Tim Coulter, Bishop Tim Coulter, 
Um, and uh, I've been in Pelzer now for 11 years and four months. And uh, wow. this August will be my 12th, starting my 12th year. So, uh, you know, the Lord is, and I've seen in that time, you know, I didn't realize I would be here that long. But, you know, uh, the Lord has a plan. And uh, forgive me for rambling. I just I want to get this out. The Lord has a plan, and, and his plan is to love me. When you go back and look at Isaiah 40, his plan is to love me. Um, he gives power. Uh, he gives anointing. And, um, you know, so, you know, I, if I just continue to to stay strong and continue to keep my mind on the things of God, I've been blessed beyond measure. Blessed Amen. beyond measure. So, you know what? Uh, never thought I'd be pastor in a small church for such a long time. But it's been a joy. I've, I've loved it. And um, so wow. where does the Lord take me from here? I don't know. But uh, until the Lord opens the door or tells me to go or whatever, I'm still going to drive that bus, pick up kids, and pastor on the weekend and do what I can uh, through the week. You know? so. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. man it sounds like a, a great journey. Um yeah, you're talking about how um, we all need to get power from the Lord sometimes when we get weary. And, you know, I know you're talking a lot about uh, ministers and pastors, but it also made me think of uh, my grandma's old church. And, um, you know, my grandpa would come and he teach Sunday school every time. You know, he didn't get paid. He wasn't a pastor. You know, um, right. There was there's always those old ladies at a lot of those smaller churches and even some of our bigger churches where, you know, you have those ladies who are going to cook every single event. And it, it's always yes. easy for anyone in the church to get tired. So I think that was a great word. Um, man, before we move on, uh, there's one thing we like to ask every guest, uh, just because, uh, it's just, we like to have something practical to come away with. We like to ask if you just had to come up with one tangible action, something that someone could walk away at the end of the little theme. And TJ says something about Francis Chan and goodbye, uh, that they could leave the podcast and just go do that one thing. And that would, one thing would help better unite the church. What would the one thing be? Uh, well, <clears throat> I would say to, and, and this may sound cliche-ish, but I would say to forbear long with, and that, you know, I said, oh, he's, he's trying to be big and he's trying to be spiritual. Basically just, just to put up with people. Uh, I know that, you know, a lot of people say, I ain't putting up with you. Uh, if you don't do it this way, you're out. Well. You know, Jesus put up with me and, you know, we put up with each other. And what I'm saying is to forbear long, to love. It goes back to love. Uh, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, but we don't really know what true love is and, until you look at Christ, until you see what he what he did for us as he came down. And so um, it's easy to tell someone. Oh, God bless you, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. We've all said that. But you know what? When you're dealing with it, dealing with the situation, dealing with a person who is um, divisive, and dealing with a person who 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 is is uh, doing and maybe used by the enemy, you know what? Love can kill uh, an attack of the enemy. So I would say, you know, that we would not look at ourselves and say, well, I deserve this and I, 
you know, it's all about I, I, I. If you're serving people, you're serving them. And it doesn't mean that you have to condone actions. Um, and, you know, and you realize this person, if they don't change, they're, they're, they're going to destroy themselves. But at the same time, Jesus, when he, when he met so many people, um, he spoke to them, to their, to them, and he spoke to their heart. He spoke to their spirit. He didn't, he didn't look at the woman called in the aqueduct and say, you whore, why were you doing that? I mean, you know, and I know that sounds funny and a lot of people may be laughing. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be practical. You talked about practical, right? You know, if we want to be like Jesus, then there's some things we got to put up with that we may say, well, I need to change that. That's not happening to my church anymore. Well, you know what? If you're ruling with an iron fist, um, sometimes that's, that's a personality thing. And, you know, everyone has a personality, but I think Jesus would be more loving, more, more patient, uh, when you think of what love is. And, and, and so I guess what I'm saying is love people. You know, there was a, a great mentor, um, in Orangeboro, Kentucky years ago. His name was Alvin Wilson, which is Billy Wilson's father. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, they actually came from my wife's home church and, um, it was, you know, uh, I know Billy Wilson grew up in Orangeboro Center Street. Um, and, uh, and so, but Alva Wilson had a ministry called the Fountain downtown Orangeboro, Kentucky. I think it's still going on. And he's going on to be with the Lord, but he let me preach in little country churches out in the middle of Kentucky. Uh, he, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, I want you to come to this little church and I'd get off work and come. And he'd look at me and he'd say, Brother Jim. Come on up here and preach for us. I mean, I had no sermon ready. I mean, I, you know, I was like, oh, like right now. But he, <laughs> he, he let me, you know what I'm saying? He let me get up there and just ramble. But there was a time the Lord actually anointed some of my stuff. You know, I, I was like going, did I say that? You know? And so wow. what I'm saying is he said this, and, and this is what he said. He said, here's, here's how you, you, you deal with people. And this talks back my, back to my point. You have to take people for who they are. You have to take the good and leave the bad. And that's how you love people. In other words, a person that has some issues and you love them, you don't throw them under the butt, you love them, you take their good and you leave their bad. And that's really, as you pastor, you're dealing with people like that. And think about this. The people are dealing with the pastor. Maybe the pastor has got issues of personality quirks and, and, and they're trying to love him and, and support him. And so, you know, it goes both ways. It's not just the members. It, sometimes it could be the pastor. And, um, so we have to forbear long with people. We have to love a marriage is not a marriage. If everything goes perfectly your way all the time. You know, you have to love your spouse no matter what. That's the mm. vow you made. And and so there's times that I'm not all I need to be. And there's times that she's not all she needs to be. But guess what? Jesus put up with me. And he loved mm-hmm. me. He said, I'm not going to quit you. And, and and he would never leave us or forsake us. I'm not going to quit you. So guess what? We're going to have to learn how to forbear long. And 
and continue to press through because people are watching us and they're saying, oh, when the heat is on, then he gives in. He throws in the towel and he goes away. Well, you know what? Our testimony has got to be stronger than that. And the testimony has to be, well, I've seen him go through some stuff. I've seen her go through stuff. And, and they have pressed through. And, and God is blessing them. And they're moving on. And they didn't quit. So I would say, practically, you need to let the Lord love through you and, and just love the people. Because they're coming to church and, and they're listening. And you know what? Here's one thing, Josh uh, and TJ, that I'd like to say. We don't know when someone comes to those doors. And I don't care if you go to a church that has a thousand members or you go to a church that has four. We don't know what's going through the minds of those people. They might have thought about killing themselves in the past week. And yet we and they're coming to listen to a sermon. They need help. They need the lifeline thrown out to them. And you know what? It's our job, our calling to present the word of God and make sure that we do it in love and and sometimes in love is correction, but let the word do it. Also, I found out, you know, you have a lead-in to a sermon. You want to tell stories and tell jokes. and Who has not done that? But you know what? And it may, it may be great. You know, you use this. But I found out if you just preach what the Word says and don't say anything else, that's when God touches it. That's when God uses it. And so preach love. Preach the preeminence, the, the, the hierarchy, the highest law is love. Right. Uh, so thank you so much for your time. We have one last thing to talk about before we get into our outro and it's our God moment segment. Uh, we all just share something God has done in our lives recently, uh, whether it would be a blessing or a challenge, uh, a moment of worship, uh, anything like that. And uh, I always like to make Josh go first. Just it's, it's custom around here. Yeah. Yeah, of mm -hmm. course. Man, there was so much this week. Um, we're recording just a few days after January 6th, for those who know what that is. I mean, a lot's happened this week, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go something a little bit more personal, I guess. Um, found out my aunt, uh, I, I, won't, I won't say which one, but <laughs> one of my aunts has uh, the coronavirus, and she's living with her daughter who also has it and she's pregnant right now. So it's, um, I don't know, kind of a concern, kind of a challenge, just praying for them and, um, that God be there. Then, um, yeah, I got sick this week too. And there was a lot of struggle, but in that struggle, I've kind of been learning to see hope in each moment and how, even though these are from the outside, just bad things to see that God is still using some of these things for good in different ways. So just kind of looking at that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mine is is really a blessing. Uh, some friends and I, well, I recently got into playing tennis with some friends who got into it a few months ago. Uh, but it's great because it's something to go out and do to keep us in shape, that we have fun doing, that we want to do. And, you know, not everyone can do that. So I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to go hang out with the boys at the tennis court 
and get in shape and have a little friendly competition. And it's, you know, that's something I'm really grateful for. Uh, nice. So that's a blessing. Nice. You know? All right. So well, Pastor Tim, did you have anything you wanted to uh, just share that God's been up to with you lately? Well, uh, I just, I guess would say that um, God's blessings are greater than our failures. Um, and we, none of us deserve the goodness of God, but he's been so good to us. And um, we too caught the coronavirus um, and we were so sick. I've never been so sick in my life, my wife and I, and my family, but the Lord brought us through. And, uh, and so I want to thank God for that. Um, and during that time, uh, people reached out, made us meals and, and, uh, Brother George McLaughlin uh, reached out to me, our, our bishop, state bishop, and his wife. We love them so much. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, people sent us personal offerings. And, you know, and we had bills. Uh, when you don't work for two weeks, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you get behind. And, but God never let anything get behind. And uh, God blessed us. And, and, of course, our little grand boy. Uh, baby, and we're so happy about that. So, uh, God is, he is, I'm finding out that God is more faithful to us than we even can imagine. He's, he's, he's there waiting for us to move. And, um, and when we get down as a soldier of the Lord and we sit down and cry a little while, the Lord is right there and he, he'll let us cry and, and, uh, He'll say, okay, now, are you done crying? Because I'm not done with you. Get back mm -hmm. up. Get back in the fight. And mm -hmm. so God has been so faithful. And, and uh, I just want to say also that, um, you know, I, I appreciate y'all, what you're doing and and uh, encouraging pastors and, and having these Zoom calls and, uh, uh, you know, for other people to hear. Um, the stories, you know, testimonies, uh, they overcame Satan by their word of their testimony and hearing what people went through and, of course, the blood of the Lamb. So um, the Lord has been good to me. Blessings. Amen. Amen. And th thank you for your time, brother. We appreciate it. You are welcome. All right. Uh, so some future guests that are going to be here on the podcast with us. Uh, we've got Caroline Harris of the A Cup Full of Hope podcasts. Uh, some return guests, Pastors Marie Proctor and Dolores Matthews from the Pastors of a Dying Church podcast, uh, our sister podcast, I believe, technically. Uh, also returning pastor, uh, C.T. Kirk, great guy. And uh, of course, at the end of this season, at the end of season one, uh, we will have Francis Chan. Uh, you know, probably. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know, but... He'll do yeah. it. Once, <laughs> once he realizes he's invited, and then once he accepts, <coughs> wow! then he'll be season, yeah, yeah. season for that. He'll be right on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you, yeah, everybody, so. for listening. Uh, head over to Patreon if you want to hear this one last segment.